the angel's message to these women when they approached the sepulcher still lives on. He is not here, for he is risen. And I can announce this morning, it is still true. It is still the most attested fact of world history. The body of Jesus does not lie in that tomb. And all the scientific research, all the molecular activity, all the searching for DNA cannot find a trace Thank you for joining with us here on Let the Bible Speak today. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. We're on the air at this time to bring you the message of the gospel. We have a wonderful hymn, And Can It Be That I Should Gain an Interest in the Savior's Blood? And of course, this is the great wonder of Christianity, along with many wonders, that our Lord who died on the cross, that he rose again and vacated the tomb. When the women arrived there on that first day of the week, the tomb was empty and Christianity was born. Yes, Jesus is alive. And that is the good news. And that is the message on which we base the whole wonder of God's salvation. So join with us here as we let the Bible speak today. Now we turn to our hymn, and can it be that I should gain an interest in the Savior's blood?
we thank thee that we can actually sing these hymns in faith and with rejoicing. We thank thee that the empty tomb, the resurrection of our Lord Jesus, is this bedrock cardinal doctrine of our faith, and that we can rejoice today, all these years later, that our Lord Jesus has accomplished the work of our redemption, has triumphed over the grave and death, and is alive forevermore, and has told us to remember him till he come. And so, Lord, as we sit around this communion table and your word, we pray that thou wilt fill our hearts with full expectation. Take away all doubt. Take away every fear. And grant that our hearts will be full to, brim, to the brim and flowing over. Lord, speak to us and help us. Give power in the preaching, O Lord. We thank Thee that You have sent the Holy Ghost to be our helper. You have told us, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. And lo, I am with you always. O Lord, we plead Your presence and the Holy Spirit's power here now. Come, speak to us. We pray in our Savior's name. Amen. Did you know that Christianity was born out of curiosity? These two women... Mary and her friend Mary. It seems that they ran out of names when these friends came together. Mary and Mary were the two women at the tomb. And, of course, they were wanting to visit the sepulcher, wanting to see where their Lord had been led, and wanting to do all that they could to honor him. And so at first dawn, which meant when the first star appeared in the sky— they were on their way to that tomb. And 2,000 years later, there is still great curiosity about the tomb of the Lord Jesus. If you go on Google Maps and Google Images, you can zoom right into the garden tomb. Now, I don't search for the tomb of the sepulcher. That is inside the city of Jerusalem, and there was some kind of a basilica built there in the fourth century. We don't take that as the real spot, because this garden tomb, as it's called, search garden tomb, and it is the grave that is on the hill Golgotha, where out of the rock is cut the grave in which they laid our Lord Jesus. Now, when you zoom in and look at this grave site of our Lord, the opening is not very big. You will see that the tourism business has put two little steps in the front of the opening that allows people to peer right into the empty tomb. There is above the opening and the rock face barbed wire, Jewish security. And then in the background somewhere, there's a parking lot for buses. And year-round, day after day, 12 months of the year, tourists flock in their thousands to see the site 
where the Lord Jesus' body was led. Curiosity is still at work. And we wonder why Christianity, if you take the Christianity in its biggest umbrella of religions, it is still the great religion of the world. And it's a wonderful thing when people begin to ask questions about Christianity. How did it get started? And how did it become the biggest religion in the world still to this day? And the answer, because it's true. The truth shall prevail, and it sets us free. The angel's message to these women when they approached the sepulcher still lives on. He is not here, for he is risen. And I can announce this morning, it is still true. It is still the most attested fact of world history. The body of Jesus does not lie in that tomb. And all the scientific research, all the molecular activity, all the searching for DNA cannot find a trace of the body of the Lord Jesus. And so from that announcement, the news of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus was the driving force in the birth and the forward movement of the church of the Lord Jesus. Now, you may be asking, why is that? I hope you're asking because it's so easy to preach to curious people. You're shutting down and saying, oh, I don't care. Well, how am I going to preach to you? But if you're asking, why? Why is this the driving factor, the cardinal truth that brings a blood transfusion into religion and brings hope to the world? Well, I've got three areas to speak about. Number one, because it's the essential, the resurrection. It is, of course, filled with evidence. And these days, people are asking, show me the facts. Show me the evidence. I can't live on blind faith. We're not asking you to. We're asking you to live on the facts. Believe the truth. Accept what is reality. And then, of course, this news that he is not here, he is risen, it is the call to evangelism. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Now, it is essential, firstly, to Christ's honesty. Now, I want you to turn your eyes here in Mar uh, Matthew 28 and look at the announcement of these uh, this angel who spoke to the woman. And in verse 5, you'll find that the angel answered and said unto the woman, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. And so we're talking about the same person. There's no mix-up here. And the angel announced, He is not here, for he is risen, as he said as he said. 
This is exactly what he told you. This is exactly what he preached and taught. And at Caesarea Philippi, up north above Galilee, on the way to that mountainous region, the Lord began to expound to his disciples that he must suffer, be killed, and rise again. And you remember how Peter reacted? He rebuked the Lord. He said, Lord, Lord, you can't do that. You can't allow that to happen. And the Lord said, Peter, get behind me, Satan. And that was shocking news to Peter. It was the unthinkable. And yet, over the next period, he reinforced and stated it again and again in so many ways. He said, as, as Jonah was in the fish of the belly three days and three nights, so shall the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth three days and three nights and rise again. And of course, he announced to others, he stated, destroy this temple, and in three days I will build it again. And they all said, what? Forty-six years it took to build this place. How are you going to raise it up in three days? But the Lord was speaking about the temple of his body. And so through the ministry of the Lord Jesus, there was peppered his own statements over and over to let it sink in that this must happen. The Son of Man must suffer, be killed, and then rise again. Now, he taught it so much he taught it so clearly that if he didn't fulfill it, there was going to be a problem, because these disciples and others who heard that would sit in the darkness, and they would say, he, he said he would rise again. He promised us. Where is he? And of course, this news of the angel, as he said, it ought to have been no surprise. It ought to have come with absolute clarity. This is exactly how he said it would happen, three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. This is the first morning of the week, and of course, the tomb is empty. So, this is, as we state here, the essential to Christ's honesty. It's also the essential to Christian hope. Christianity is not just come and see a sepulcher. That's what the woman intended. That's what they wanted to see. They wanted to see a place of death. But Christianity is not a call to look at a grave, to consider the death merely of someone, but it is a call to an empty tomb, to a resurrection and that Jesus is alive. And this now is the hope of the Christian because it gives answers to the most perplexing questions of life. What happens me after the grave? Is there an afterlife? What happens to this body? Is that the end of me? Do I believe in annihilation or reincarnation? Or do I believe in some mere uh, hope that has no basis? But now that Christ is risen, this is the very foundation of our hopes. Because Jesus is risen, we shall rise too. We now have a resurrection. There is a day now for us 
to rise out of the grave and forever be with the Lord. Christ is the first fruits of many that shall rise with him at his return. Now, it is also the essential to the church's health. After the crucifixion, talk about doubling up word, the crucifixion, the crucifixion, after the crucifixion, the disciples went into hiding. That's why the women were at the tomb first. That's why they got there. The disciples went into hiding. They were perplexed and confounded, and they thought it was over. And the devotees of Christ as a miracle worker, they thought it was over. But this news now to the women had, which they were delighted to take to the disciples and share it with them, this news was like life transfusion. Take the patient out of the death ward, put the patient into the birthing ward, because this now is going to be the gospel that will turn the world upside down. It is the message that brings not more despair, but brings life and health. Now, one of the parts of the announcement of the angel to the woman was, fear not, fear not. And this now is the health of the church. The Christian lives not on fear, but on faith. We fear not failure. Now, there are days when I, as a pastor, wonder what is wrong. We never seem to get these seats filled. We never seem to get the church advancing as far as we would like. There are struggles and cares and senses of defeat. But in reality, the Lord says to us, fear not. He is alive, and there is no failure when Christ is now on the throne. We fear not persecution. Oh, yes, uh, there are those who have led down their lives for Jesus' sake. They have suffered in the body many things. But those who are the martyrs, their blood becomes the seed of the church, and their souls are in glory, and they are rewarded for their sufferings. We fear not bereavement. We can go to the hospital ward and to the bedside of the dying, and we can give them the good news. Jesus is alive. He has defeated death. O oh, death, where is thy sting? Now, it doesn't mean that death is not a hard thing. Uh, death is a difficult thing for anybody. But for the Christian, there is at the moment of death that we're absent from the body, present with the Lord. And that takes the sting away. That fills us with hope beyond the grave. And so we fear not bodily sickness. We fear not the aging process. We have a living Savior. And ever since the Easter message has been the booster message of the church, 
And that's why we come to sing and to praise God with all our hearts. And what I have noted, that wherever this doctrine of the resurrection of Christ from the grave in the body, wherever it is denied by the liberals and the modernists and the enemies of the Bible, wherever it is denied, it is a sick church. It is a church in ill health. It is a church that is dying because they can no longer speak of life beyond the grave. All they have got is a social gospel. Let's do the best we can with what we have here on earth. Be an environmentalist. Be whatever you wish. But this gospel, our church, our message, only pertains to this life. But if you have the resurrection, we have news that this world one day shall be burned up by fire, and Christ shall create new heavens and a new earth. And I can preach that. I can preach it wherever the Lord would call me. And I can preach it here today to you that Christ is alive. The resurrection is a reality, and death is defeated. Can you live and die on that? This, this is where it applies to your heart. Now, if you're going to be an unbeliever or skeptic, if you're going to be a modernist or a liberal and say, well, I can't take those as facts, then you're going to live on a lie. You're going to live denying and you're going to live and die hopeless without Christ, without God, and without hope. And so this doctrine of the resurrection is the essential. Then we come to the evidence. We come to what this angel said to the woman. And boy, I like this angel. Uh, what is his name? We're not given his name. He's just called the angel of the Lord. He's not even given a name here. And he was sent on a mission to announce the resurrection of Christ. And nobody has a better ministry than this, because he said to the woman, come and see. Come and see. That's the best kind of preaching. He was a smart one. And there's no better power of storytelling than show and tell. That's what the angel was doing, showing the woman and pronouncing the good news. Now, what did they see when they came to the tomb? Well, the first thing was they saw an unguarded tomb. In spite of the Roman soldiers who had been positioned there, they were all as dead men laying around the opening of that tomb. Uh, they had been overcome by the lightning and the brightness of the appearance of the angel, and the tomb was there unguarded. They just dropped like flies and sunk to the ground. Now, there were no thieves to steal away the body of the Lord Jesus. There's no other options. These guards were knocked out on the spot, and oh boy, what a pathetic story they had to tell later. 
They were paid off by the, the religious leaders. You just tell the story that you fell asleep. And while you were sleeping, the disciples came and stole away his body. What a terrible story as a Roman elite shock troop soldier to be reporting. I fell asleep on the job. My, that gets out there. Life's in danger. They're finished. But they were paid off to tell a lie. And the whole community knew that it couldn't have been true. This became one of those uh, legends, one of those village legends that everybody laughs it off. A joke. And yet they took the money to tell a lie. You're listening to Let the Bible Speak. Thank you for joining with us here on the program today. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. And on these resurrection days, when we take delight in the coming forth of our Savior from the dead, because this is the very essence of Christianity. If Christ be not risen, then we are of all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen. He is no longer in the tomb, but rather he is alive and ascended to be with his Father and is the victor over death, over the grave, over hell, and gives eternal life to everyone that calls upon him. We say, how do we know that he lives? He lives within our hearts. And of course, that's the testimony of every born-again Christian. I want you to have the Lord Jesus living in your heart. I want you to know the joy of a risen Savior, because when you are born again by the Spirit, it's like a resurrection within our own souls. All things pass away, and all things become new, and we become living witnesses to the living Lord Jesus. If I can be of any personal help, make sure that you get in touch with us here. We look forward to hearing from you. You can give me a phone call or you can write me uh, at the address 18790 58 Avenue, Cloverdale, BC, V3S 1M6, or go to our website and you'll get all the information there. This is Pastor Ian Golliher, and you're listening to Let the Bible Speak. I hope you've been blessed today through the ministry of God's Word. I'd also be delighted to talk with you. My personal phone number is 604-897-2040. Please call to let me know that you're listening, and we can open the Bible and pray together. For all the information about our radio ministry in Canada, and our churches in Buffalo, Scarborough, Port Hope, and Barrie, please go to ltbs.ca. If you have been blessed today, please kindly consider helping us to cover the cost of airtime. Your gift, large or small, will make the difference. You can donate online at ltbs.ca or by meal. Our mailing address is... LTBS 18790, 58th Avenue, Surrey, B.C.
V3S1M6. My phone number again is 604-897-2040. And remember to join us again at this time next week on this station as we let the Bible speak.